You know, when I hear that, I, something that's just like a philosophical thing that really struck me is we're all dealt these different hands with our bodies. It just is what it is. Like you happen to have a body that sounds like it's more injury proof and limber, yet you have a metabolism that makes it hard for you to gain weight. I'm sure there's some huge guys that probably have been benching 300 pounds since high school, but they have shoulders and knee issues in older life. So it's like their challenges for each of us are unique and they're uniquely ours to move through. And I think that's where the growth is. Cause like, that's the amazing stuff is it's moving, moving through these things on the mental domain and the physical domain. All right, my friend, welcome back to another episode here on the fit father project podcast. Again, this is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. I'm the founder and CEO here at the Fit Father Project, the host of this podcast. And in just a moment, you're going to get the privilege of listening to an amazing conversation with one of our program members, Chris Blessens. Now, unlike a lot of guys we've had onto the show up to this point, Chris joined the Fit Father Project without the intention of losing weight. In fact, Chris has always been a skinny guy his whole life. He describes himself as a classic hard gainer. And as he moved into his 40s, he found that he was just skinny fat. You know, after years of working a long job, he didn't feel like he had the strength and the confidence. So Chris ends up joining our old school muscle building program for guys 40 plus, and he totally transforms his life. And that's special. And in this episode, Chris and I get into some of the specifics of building muscle after 40. A lot of the stuff he learned along the way with training principles, nutrition, recovery. But what I think is really special and touches my heart is that Chris didn't do this alone. He did it with his wife, Steph Plasier, and you're going to hear about the amazing transformation she made alongside of Chris using our Fit Mother program. And that's why this episode is completely exemplary, in my opinion, of what it means to be a fit father and a fit mother and to come together for the common goal of building healthier bodies and building a healthier family. The Pleasants absolutely represent that. So enjoy today's episode. I think you're really going to love it. I know I had a great time during this conversation. And also, if you're interested in the programs that Chris talks about, whether it's the Fit Mother program that his wife, Steph, used or the old school muscle building program that Chris used and many other guys that will come on this podcast are using to get stronger after 40, then you can visit our websites, fitmotherproject.com and fitfatherproject.com. And we have a promo code podcast15, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T 15, where you can get 15% off those programs and you get started following Chris to a stronger, healthier body after 40. Enjoy today's episode. All right, Chris. Welcome officially to the Fit Father Project podcast. You know, before I hit record, I, I said that this conversation was a long time coming and I meant it because you've been just an amazing program member, a pillar of our community for many years now, you and your wife. So I'm so proud and honored to have you on here to hear your story. So to kick off, we're going to get into a lot of great stuff today. I'd love for you to introduce yourself to everyone listening, your name, your age, where you're from, a little bit about your family, and then we'll get into your Fit Father story. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dr. A. Yeah, so my name is Chris Pleasance. I'm 45 years young. I live in central Canada. I'm originally from southern Ontario, but I live in Portage La Prairie, Manitoba. So for folks in America, that's about an hour and a half drive north of the border with North Dakota. And I have a wife, Steph, who is a uh, FMP member of some renown. And we have two boys, Devin, who's nine, and Jace, who is six. That's, that's us. So how many years ago did you find the Fit Father Project? And what led you to find us? What was going on in your life when 
you started looking for things. Like, let's go back to the beginning there. And, and even if you want to fill in some stuff ahead of time, like the buildup in your life, let's start your fit father journey. I want to hear about it. Sure. Well, I mean, I'm one of those guys that a lot of people are jealous of, you know, he could eat whatever he wants and he's, he's always small. He's always slim. Five foot 11, I'm a hair short of six feet tall. So I'm five foot 11 and a half or something like that. I've bounced between 145 pounds and 165 pounds for pretty much my entire adult life at five, 11 and a half. When I was nine, well, as a, a teenager growing up in the eighties, Arnold Schwarzenegger was my idol, but I never had any illusions that I would be able to be a bodybuilder like that. But so you always have that kind of, you know, you see that growing up and you want to, you want to try and, and, and do things. So as a teenager, I dabbled with, with weights and whatnot. And when I was 19, uh, a roommate of mine kind of took me under his wing and he, he showed me some pointers and things on how to, how to build some muscle to some degree. It certainly wasn't at the level of the program that Fit Father Project offers, but it was something I was talking about. You have to eat more, you have to, you know, do these things. So and I, I did that for a few months, and then eventually it peters off. You know, a 19-year-old, uh, <laughs> you're scatterbrained to begin with. So, but, but I did enjoy that. You know, when I was doing it, I enjoyed the workouts. I enjoyed the concept of weight training in general. But for a long time, I didn't get back to that. I spent plenty of time over the years doing different kinds of personal training. I was never a sports guy, but if it was some kind of personal training, like yoga for a while, I was doing boxing training, like personal boxing training. I learned how to, how to wrap my knuckles. And I even installed a, um, a speed bag and I was learning how to use that. And, and, uh, actually that, that leads to an interesting story, which is probably part of the motivation here. So when I was doing that, I decided at one point that I needed to get some shoes, right? So I, I drove into the city and I went to one of the sports stores there and I was talking to the guy and I'm saying, I'm looking for probably a cross trainer or something. And, and he says, well, what's it for? Right. And so very quickly I say boxing, right? Cause that's what I was kind of working on. And he looks at me and he looks down at my arm and he's like, yeah, really? <laughs> he didn't say that, but, but that was all over his face. Right. And then, so I, of course, you know, not, not that I was implying that I'm, you know, a big tough guy I just said, Oh, it was just for personal thing, uh, training. And he says, he says, Oh, okay. Well, and then he helps me, but it's very deflating, you know, yeah. to, 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 you know, you're, you're outwardly viewed as a, as a weakling in general. Right. So I think I probably have a little bit of an inferiority complex, you know, because of things like that. So the weight's gone up and down when we had our first child, when Devin was born, I gained a bunch of weight with Steph at the time, you know, <laughs> how that can happen. And so I think I was up to about 165 or so, and suits were starting to get a little tight. So I lost some weight just through counting calories using my fitness pal, tracking the calories and everything. I lost about 10 pounds or so just to get it back because I didn't like the belly fat starting to come in. I told the nurse that when I was in for a checkup and she looked at me like I was insane <laughs> because, yeah. uh, you know, You're the I guess, leanest person she'd seen all week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, what I had gained wasn't muscle. It was all fat. Right. So, I mean, 
Um, so, so that's kind of where I've been at. So just more recently, by 2019, I was noticing slowly creeping up. I think I was up to 167 pounds or so. And uh, I had a couple of suits that I wear for monthly meetings and they were starting to get tight. Like, and you know, they're not cheap to, to replace. So I said, okay, I got to do something about this. So I hop on the internet and I just do a quick Google search for, you know, building muscle after 40. I think one of your videos talking about muscle gain after 40 was one of the first things I saw. I checked it out and it was like, it, it just blew me away because you're providing sound information that I can get behind. Like this makes sense. I, I knew a little bit about weight training, right? But after watching that video, I was like, you know what? This guy knows what he's talking about, right? So I looked into it a little bit more. I found that there was a weight loss component to the whole thing. So I told Steph about that because Steph had been needing, uh, she'd been trying and wanting to lose some weight for quite a long time. And, you know, I said, you know, I'm serious about wanting to try this out, right? Like I want to start working on getting myself fitter. And I know that I enjoyed weight training a lot. So this program seems like it would work well for me. I said, take a look at this. So we looked at it for a while and then we decided, all right, we're going to do it. So I bought just the standalone old school muscle phase one and she bought FM30X. And we then spent the next month not doing the program at all, but simply reading through the material and collecting stuff. We both decided that if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. Right. So, and I, I very much went into it with a mindset of, this guy knows what he's talking about. I'm going to forget what I know or think I know, and I'm going to trust him. And I'm going to go through this and see it. And it, it's, it's a no-brainer, and it's easy because you lay out the information. You've got the science to prove and explain what's going on. So both of us must have read through the PDFs for those programs like two or three times in that month. We collected supplements. We collected foods for the shakes and all that stuff throughout that month. I, during that month, what I did was I went back to the old fallback and I counted calories just to lose a little bit. So I think I lost about eight pounds or so. I, I believe I started at old school muscle at 159 pounds. And when it got time to start, that was a fateful day in July 14th, 2019. That was our first day. And we haven't looked back within, within, I think a month uh, we decided that we're going fit father and fit mother for life, right? And we dived right in. Steph had joined FM30X, which had the Facebook group right off the bat. So she was in the women's group. I, being a standalone on OSM, there was less of a push for that kind of stuff. There was less of a push for the mission statement and those things, which it turns out for me, I guess, didn't matter because I seem to be, when I find something that I really like, I'm very self-motivated. and this has been crazy ridiculous. Like I've never, it's never been so easy to stick to something, you know, I, I don't, it, it's hard not to stick to it <laughs> in my case. So that's kind of the origin of how it started. I want to get into the specifics of your journey, but I want to also fast forward Steph's parallel journey for the people listening. They don't know where does Steph end up? over the rest of you know, 2019, 2020, for those who don't know Steph's story? Steph's story is absolutely amazing. I mean, she lost 
uh, 92 pounds, I believe, is, is the final total there. She's actually gained a couple of pounds back, but she's been doing strength training, right? So mm-hmm. it's to be expected. She's still over 80-some pounds lower than she was when she first started on that first day. It, it has been incredible. And the fact that I was trying to basically trying to gain weight and she was trying to lose weight at the same time, it doesn't matter, you know, because the programs complement each other really well. And the fact that we were both working together, we knew and respected each other's goals and we were there to support each other 100%. Doing it together was unbelievably powerful. Like it's, it's just been fantastic. And she, man, when she puts her mind to something like 92 pounds, I got nothing but respect for that woman. It is Wow. (laughs) It is a huge change. And meanwhile, while she was losing the weight, I mean, I spent my first probably six months of getting stronger and my weight essentially staying exactly the same, (laughs) which is is crazy. My bloat and my gut slowly kind of went down. I've always had these small love handles and they're still kind of there. I don't keep myself at a really low body percent fat. I'm, I'm around roughly 13 to 15% is where I seem to be quite comfortable with, which is a very healthy region. Um, and yeah, it's now today, two years later, I am, I think this morning I weighed in 167 pounds. So Again, 167 pounds is what I started this Google search uh, because my suits weren't fitting properly. Now I'm much leaner than that and way stronger, (laughs) way stronger than I've ever been in my entire life by far. Let's get into that. Like, I want to talk specifically about your journey, the biggest impact things and the progress you made starting a regimented strength training routine after 40. So for those who are not familiar, old school muscle is, as Chris has been talking about, muscle building programs specifically. This is classic strength training in phase one, full body workouts, sensible nutrition, like the system stuff we talk about on the podcast, but this is strength training to get stronger and to get bigger in time. So let's go into your OSM phase one journey. You read through the workout guide, you read through the nutrition guide, you're starting your workouts now. What are you experiencing? What was like that early bit of time like as you're starting this regimented training program? Well, so when I first start, so I go to the gym and that one's like, I'm, I'm okay socially. So, but again, I'm the little guy at the gym. So that's always a little tough, but so I get there. I show up at the gym and of course, one of the first things I notice is that I can't lift the same weights that I could lift back when I was 19. I'm not at that level, so that's fine. But generally speaking, it's familiar. I had never heard of the reverse pyramid concept before, so that was new information for me, and which I love, by the way. The reverse pyramid is absolutely brilliant. Spell that out for people. With a reverse pyramid structure, what you do is... You start your sets. So let's say you're doing bench press. You start your bench press set. Your first set is at a weight that you can, let's say your rep range is eight to 10 reps. You're going to make it so that this is the heavy set that absolutely not going to be able to do more than 10 reps on. And then once you've completed that, you drop the weight by about 10% or so. 
And then the next set, you do one more rep than you did the previous time. And then you keep doing that and keep doing that. And it is brilliant. It is fantastic because it functions so that you are lifting the heaviest when you're the freshest, which is, which is great. But then it continues to put a lot of pressure on your musculature as you go by continuing to add those reps, right? So, and that is an absolute killer when you've stupidly put leg press on light day and you manage to do 20 reps on the first set and you think to yourself, what was I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Now I've got to do 21. Yeah. But yes, so it's a fantastic thing. So that I found it is a great way to progress. Um, And so for the first uh, first couple of months, um, progress was really good. They call, you know, I think everybody calls those the newbie gains, right? So you haven't weight trained in a long time. So it was definitely uh, really good progress. But I generally, I generally saw uh, fairly good progress for quite a long time. Things started to slow down for me um, only in like year two or so of uh, of doing things. But that being said, it was kind of generally slow period. And that's because of my, well, two reasons. If you're not on steroids, you got to be patient and you just got to let it work. Second, I'm definitely that classic hard gainer. I mean, it took me a long time to figure that out, but like the only way that I could really start putting weight on was to do your suggestion of having the post-workout shake every day, Yeah. right? So I would do that. And even then the the weight would come on pretty slowly. You know, my body just loves to chew through the carbs. It'll go through stuff. It's not, it's, it's crazy. And since being on old school muscle, my metabolism, which has been slowing down is right back up to the way it yeah. was before. Yeah. <laughs> I want to pull a couple things out of that because I think there's some really good lessons. Number one, when you're training smart after 40, the set and rep scheme in the volume layout is like super important. You want to have the biggest bang for your buck exercises and, and sets prioritizing proper warmups. And you don't need to do a lot of junk volume. Like you want to get the right kinds of exercises in track your numbers. So the nice thing is it's so regimented, right? You're writing down your weights every week and you know what you're trying to hit the next week. And that's very motivating. And number two, for hard gainer guys, one of the easiest thing to do to start to move the needle is get some more liquid calories in the form of those shakes. Cause like it's at a certain point, just so hard to eat more food. So even adding a couple hundred extra calories in the form of a shake every week can, or every day can start to stack up those calories. So you're making strength progress. You're doing three full body workouts per week. What kind of changes are you seeing with your main lifts? Like, let's just say even in that first year, like where do you start and where do you get to generally speaking? Well, let's see. I'm going to try to think here. It's that that first year, it's been a while. The deadlift is probably a great example. I think when I was doing my first straight traditional deadlifts, I was doing about 95 pounds, mm-hmm. not particularly impressive, but within about a year, it was about 185 pounds, nice. right? So that's, that's almost a hundred pounds for reps. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Now today I'm comfortably doing about 205 on the deadlift. Nice. I can get a good eight reps out of that. No problem. And again, a lot of guys like when I see the guys in our Facebook group, right? I mean, 
there's such a difference between them. And that's one of the things I have trouble not comparing myself to, to other people because there's a lot of guys that are just naturally way stronger than I'll ever be built, built yeah. like trucks. Yeah. Totally. And, and, yeah. I see them too. I'm like, those dudes don't have to do much and they're more jacked than me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, I got, I got a sense of awe from these guys, you know? So when I say these numbers, 205, that's like nothing compared to some of these guys, but it's not about the weight. And I got to keep telling myself that it's about the progress. It's yeah. about being better than you used to be. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I, I strive for. And I just keep at it. Like it's, it's, for me, it's a never ending battle. So the tracking itself sounds like it's motivating to you. Is that what I'm hearing is like the progress tracking? The tracking is absolutely fantastic. When I was again, a teenager. And when I was 19, you know, you're just the idiot walking around doing your reps and not really thinking about progressing. Right. So this time around, when I was going to the gym, I went in there with a clipboard and a pen and paper. And I was writing everything down. I was like, no, this makes sense. I mean, if, if I'm going to progress, I've got to progress. Right. And I've got to keep track of that. This, you can't just go in and, and say, Oh, I think I did this last time and, and try it again. You got to try and do better. So for me, if any time I go in there, I strive to at the very least, I get an extra rep or I get an extra five pounds on, on something somewhere there's got to be progress, you know, in order to continue. And occasionally it doesn't happen. Like occasionally you just got nothing. Right. And you got to realize that that's, that's just the way it is. Right. There's always next week when I come back to the same exercise and keep trying to beat it. Right. And it does, it does get beat every time it, it does happen. <laughs> yeah. And so for those who don't know, one of the ways we structure the rhythm of OSM is that you revisit the same workouts on a cyclical time. So you may revisit that, that workout a of a week again, like a week later, for example. So you have like a seven day period. So you, it keeps it fresh, but you still have enough consistency that you're able to make structured progress. And I want to know too, on the mentality side of things, Chris, when you're strength training, like you are so structured and focused, and you have this mentality, that's, I want to be a little bit better than last time and push. Did that translate to other areas of your life and to your work and to other things like this? Did you find benefit um, outside of the gym to this pursuit in strength training? Um, well, just generally being stronger, absolutely. Mentally, that specific thing, probably more so with my family life than anything. Just, you know, trying to put a little extra thought into something or just... Um, trying to help out a little bit more. You, you kind of have this idea that you should be, uh, you know, I should try to do better at this, you know, and it's, oh, I, or, or learn from your mistakes a little bit more. But generally speaking, just being f- more physically active and fit as it's just been crazy. I mean, jumping on the trampoline with my boys, I mean, that used to be absolutely exhausting after a few jumps, right? Now it's like nothing, especially when you've got a lot of squats and stuff behind you. That's easy. Or, uh, you know, a prime example of this is in the summer, because of COVID, they, they pushed soccer back into the summer. And so one day the boys, they had arranged a parents versus the kids type thing. So, you know, I said, sure, I'll hop in there. So 
this was uh, Devin, my nine-year-old, and he's the youngest in the group. So it's a group of like nine to 13-year-olds. And I was super pleased with myself. I was running up and down that field. I was out running the fastest kids on the team. Uh, of course, the only reason was because my legs are longer, but, but I mean, I could keep up to them. That was fantastic, you know, and that's because I had two years worth of uh, fitness because of Fit Father Project behind me and proper eating and all that stuff. So it was absolutely fantastic to be able to just say, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do that. And then suddenly we're kicking the ball and running down these 13 year olds who are pretty darn fast. (laughs) So I was quite pleased with myself. I, I'm quite pleased. That's incredible, right? Mid forties still cranking. And that's also just, that's showing how much general fitness can translate, right? I mean, it's not like you were running and practicing that in the same way. You're strength training, you're accumulating squats and deadlifts, your glutes had become strong, your hamstrings had become strong, your posture had become better. And then you just move better. And I I think about that with strength training in particular, the way our bodies move in these foundational motions, the ones we like in OSM, your ability to squat, to reach and press overhead, to push and pull something away from your body. Like these are the foundational dimensions through which our bodies moves. That becomes the quality of your life as you get older. So you get strong muscles around your spine. You're good at 70. You're good at 80. And you're like building this foundation. That's, I just know it's setting you up for so much success and joy and enjoying your body for a long time. I want to ask a question for you. Did you deal with any injuries? Because I think there's a lot of guys listening to this that maybe have have had nagging injuries in the process of strength training, or maybe even just realize that certain exercises work better me than others. I'd like you to speak to the idea of perhaps in your journey of strength training of exercise selection, if there's something you noticed about picking right exercise for you, or if you did battle or overcome any nagging injuries or stuff like this with just aches and pains of the body that come with doing intense exercise. I'm extremely lucky in the injury department. I don't have any nagging injuries that could cause a problem. My shoulders are quite mobile. The only thing I would say is that I have a little bit of impingement when I'm doing, say, uh, like a dumbbell extension, yep. overhead extension sort of thing. I'll feel a little bit in my in my left shoulder. The problems that I've experienced uh, have been just bizarre in that, like, it's usually I tweak my back in some way. Like one time I was doing rack pulls and I put the, as I was putting the bar down, suddenly there was a tweak in my back. But for whatever reason, it was not something that affected any of my lifts. I could feel it when I was walking around. And so the next time I came to it, I was like, okay, well, something's, you know, I've been, I know something's going on. I'm not canceling my workout. I'm going to see how things go. I would go through my motions, paying very particular attention to it. And I would get through my workout (laughs) by some. So, and that's happened in a couple of different spots on my back. I have seen a lot of guys in our group that they are working through injuries. They're asking about injuries. You know, some guys have had like shoulder replacements and all kinds of things that are just, wow. And, but, and that's what I find amazing about the group is these guys are determined. They want to get some stuff done. So, and, uh, you know, Ben and the team are great at being able to come up with alternatives for those types of things. I have lucked out in that there's not really anything that's off limits for me. Um, or, or maybe it's not lucky. Unfortunately, some of the exercises I don't like that much, but I do them anyway, cause I gotta. So 
You know, when I hear that, something that's just like a philosophical thing that really struck me is we're all dealt these different hands with our bodies. It just is what it is. Like you happen to have a body that sounds like it's more injury proof and limber, yet you have a metabolism that makes it hard for you to gain weight. I'm sure there's some huge guys that probably have been benching 300 pounds since high school, but they have shoulders and knee issues in older life. So it's like their challenges for each of us are unique and they're uniquely ours to move through. And I think that's where the growth is. Cause like, that's the amazing stuff is it's moving, moving through these things on the mental domain and the physical domain. I want to chat on the muscle building front on what you learned about getting in touch with your body, about the ideas of tension, contractions, and just like feeling your body. Because a lot of us get disconnected from our bodies. We are working desk jobs a lot. We have poor posture. And then when you start doing these strength training motions and you're activating your body in very particular patterns that are good, you learn a lot about contraction and, and muscles. Tell me about what you learned about moving in your body and the ideas of tension, contraction as it relates to your muscle building. Well, I would say that for me, a big thing, and this has happened over time, I really learned how to get that mind-muscle connection with, with certain things. So for instance, it's pretty easy to do that. I think you'd agree with uh, like a dumbbell press or a yeah. bench press, yeah. right? I mean, gravity's pushing it down. You can <laughs> feel that tension yeah. in your pecs, right? And you push it up. But what is not so simple to see is say a lat pull down or any kind of big pulling motion where you are fighting gravity and you're pulling up and you're not necessarily like fully aware until you've done it many times and you've really thought about it. You will often pull too much with your biceps. You'll, you know, uh, and so that has been a long learning curve with me. And I think I've got it quite well nowadays. So when I'm on the lat pull, for instance, and I tend to favor the lat pull down because I'm still not strong enough to do real pull-ups yet. And I, I like the lat pull because it allows you to increment the weight in small amounts that are very controllable. But when I'm doing the lat pull, I often will end up doing uh, negs as well. And you can just so, if you're doing it correctly, you can focus so much straight into those lat yes. muscles, right? And you can feel them and, you know, the biceps get tired a little bit, but not as much as they used to when you didn't fully know what you were doing. So um, back motions are probably the single biggest thing for me that I've noticed the, the shift, you know, once you really think about how you're lifting and how you're contracting and how you're working those muscles. And as far as muscles, like that's the other thing about the two big things where you're pushing or pulling hard and the negative portion of the motion, because that negative can often be like, I, I will often throw in some negs kind of after the fact, right? I'll do my, my reps and then I'll throw in a few heavy negs where I'll, like on the lat pull wall, even get Steph to come out and pull the bar down, right? And then just slowly let it and that really helps that muscle connection. Like you can, you can feel it and it's pulling you up. Like, I mean, the gravity's, gravity's taking you, but you can fight it as long as you can. And that negative motion is fantastic. It feels great. Like in a way it's <laughs> kind of masochistic, I guess, but uh, yeah. For muscle building, just to emphasize the things you said there is like the mind muscle connection and ability to generate tension 
in the right places is what keeps you strength training into a long period of time. You could do a bench press and there's one guy who could bench press in such a way that it puts a lot of pressure on the joints and the shoulders. And there's another way to do the exercise where you're getting tension in the muscles in a proper way. And you're really feeling that. And I think that's really important for training longevity is to have that mind muscle connection and prioritize form. And that's something we're huge on in OSM one. It's like you get the form down on these core motions, you learn how to warm up properly. And then you're building from a true foundation as opposed to a lot of guys have shaky foundations of like starting with weights that they don't really own. But I love that you started from like the humble beginnings of that 95 pound deadlift. Right. And you're building up with, you know, just stacking and and now to a 205 it's like that's yours you have that anything else you'd like to share about the muscle building specifically maybe it's on nutrition maybe it's on supplementation maybe it's on sleep i like to round out this part of the conversation and then i want to talk to you a little bit more about some of the ideas of being a fit father and maybe some more of the philosophical stuff well um probably in the nutrition side i'd like to say that for me jumping straight into osm the nutrition is actually really similar to ff30x it's definitely not the same, but it is counting calories was a means to an end for me in the past, right? I am not a numbers guy, right? So for me, religiously counting my calories and stuff was not something that I was going to sustain over a long period. So that's one of the things I really liked about OSM is that you had these plans, you had shakes and all that stuff. So when I started, I just went at it basically straight out of the recipe book. Well, We've made a few modifications over the years, but generally speaking, we still stick to those types of things. And for me, it's been a lot of trial and error to see where I'm actually gaining weight. And I just got to say that the muscle building chocolate shake is the single best invention that has ever been made. I, I am not joking when I say that I have literally had that shake almost every day for the last two years. It's delicious. I look forward to it every day. It's like my reward. I go to bed at night thinking, yay, I get to have a shake in the morning. (laughs) This is is how much I love this thing. So, and there's a reason that you formulated it that way. You you make it so that it actually tastes good, right? But it's not just all about flavor. I mean, it is packed full of the right nutrition. Super quality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. every guy who wants to build muscle, I think having a utility shake is one of the best tools. You can do it with just whole foods for sure. And obviously you're eating a lot of good whole foods, but man, those shakes are just like good for so many reasons. Psychologically, they give you the right kind of calories without filling you up too much because you do need to eat some more food as you're building muscle. So that's amazing that that's become a staple for you. And I know that's going to continue to serve you for a long period of time. Oh yeah. (laughs) Nice. Anything you learned about sleep and recovery? Okay. So you're training and you're following our our regimented training plan, but obviously life is not always regimented stuff happens. Maybe you get sick, maybe your body's that you learn anything about taking, taking an extra day off or auto-regulating, or maybe going a little day sooner. What'd you figure out on that front? Definitely. You mentioned straight off in the material that, I mean, it's always okay to take an extra rest day. I mean, if you know, you need it. And especially on these you're putting your body through a lot of trial there. So it needs time to recover. For me, schedules don't typically get in the way. We have certainly have changed the way things happen. I used to work out in the evening. Now I get up early and work out first thing in the morning. 
there have been times where I felt that it was necessary to take an extra day, or I can tell when it's time to take a deload week where I take everything light for a little while. For a while, I was doing old school muscle phase one, but with instead of three days a week, I was doing uh, essentially four days a week. When I was doing that after about four weeks or so, I could tell that that I was starting to feel like I needed to, uh, I, I don't think I needed a full week that time, but I definitely needed to take about three or four days to just kind of relax it out. And then I was back in full form again. So I definitely learned to kind of keep track of that. And along those same lines, the warm-ups that you give for both the lower body and upper body warm-ups, that's another staple. Like every time I, I don't mess around with that every day. I do my warm-ups nice. because I'm over 40. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no messing around. And in fact, even if I wasn't, I, I mean, I, this, I think this, this stuff still applies to guys who are in their 20s. You don't need to invite uh, an injury. Yes. So, And the warm-up stuff is like, for those who don't know specifically, some a combination of some foam rolling, some stretching, and some activation exercises that take you a few minutes before training. Make your training session more efficient because you warm up the muscles. It's easier to like activate them, get some blood flow going. And it's just, it's key. Like after 40, the, like you said it perfectly, the margin for error is one smaller. You get hurt. You don't heal as fast. And number two, recovery capacity is everything. So you got to listen to your body, have a structured plan. But if you need an extra day, you take the day off. If you need three days at a period of time, because look, it's not just like strength training is the only thing we're doing. Maybe life gets busy. Maybe you don't sleep well for a couple of days. Maybe that day is off, but like it's this dance between structure and flexibility. We talk about this in all the programs and it really sounds like you found it, Chris. And that's, that's amazing. I want to chat about a little bit of maybe the philosophy of what it means for you now to be a fit father. You joined this program two years ago and you were trying to change your body, but I know a lot more than that has changed in your family. So I'd like for you to speak on what the idea of fit father means, what the idea of having a fit family means, and, and what some of these values mean to you personally. Well, yeah, like you said, it starts off with just a physical journey. You're trying to do better, but you're right. It does come into a lot more than that. Steph and I are just better parents. We're better people. We're we're more patient. We're able to do things that we we couldn't really do before. You know, I can pick up the boys better now than I could two years ago when they were smaller. Yeah, nice. <laughs> you know, and that's crazy that that's doable. Uh, the other thing about being a fit father for me, and this was totally unexpected, was the Facebook group. So. I didn't join it right away. I joined probably about a month after I started once we got Fit Father for Life. And I hopped in and right away, I just felt at home. Like the guys, you know, welcomed me. I mentioned that I, you know, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm small or whatever. And I remember one of the guys saying, you know, big or small, it doesn't matter. We're all trying to be fitter. And it just resonated with me. And and I started seeing the stories that all these guys are talking about. Like, I mean, they, a lot of these guys are in a much worse position than I've ever been. You know, they're, they're really overweight. They're trying to better themselves. They're fighting against huge hurdles. These are big things to overcome. And I just, my level of awe of these people and what they've been doing is, it just blew me away. So I started throwing up a little motivational meme 
which turned into my daily habit, right? I do that every morning while I'm drinking my 32 ounces of water. I just scroll out. I try to find something that'll help motivate the guys and I throw it up on the Facebook page. And that, the Facebook page has not only provided this brotherhood, but it actually provides me with a little bit of an outlet to just be helpful, right? You know, because I have so much respect for the Fit Father Project and what it has done for so many people. And it's helping so many people that if I can give back in just a little way, it's a simple thing every day, but I hope that, you know, it adds up over time and it, it helps motivate some guys. And I've had guys, you know, send me private messages and it, it's almost like they think that I work for the, the father <laughs> product just because I'm, I, I, you know, I'm posting every day. Right. So, and it's like, you know, and I try to help as best as I can, you yeah. know, I'm just happy to, to actually lend a hand and, and support this because it's, it's such a worthwhile thing to give guys the chance to better themselves, to be better parents, and just generally live longer, happier lives. I mean, what's not to like about that? Totally. It's addictive how positive the community is. And I think a lot of us in our lives, we get caught in like the routines that we have with our family, our work and our rhythms. And we don't always get the ability to like serve one another in such a direct way. But you've been a man that has certainly done that for a lot of people, like using the group as an outlet of service and those encouragements. It's hard to even quantify with the beauty of how connected we can be genuinely with the technology we have, the kind of ripple that you've had through some intentionality to maybe a guy saw that on a day where he had a crappy meal the day before when it's like, screw it you know, I don't know if this is worth it. And and maybe it catches a guy and changes the course. And it reminds me of how absolutely interconnected we really are at the core of it. And the more we embrace that and support that, the better all of our lives get both in like fulfillment, but also in results. And so thank you truly for being an amazing community member. It was my dream in starting this community that it's a brotherhood. I'll call it like a decentralized, everyone supporting one another in this like equitable, community-driven, like-minded thing. And, and there's really no rules. It's everyone's just doing good stuff in there. And it's it's absolutely amazing. So I know the bro- there's a lot of brothers that chat you out here if they were on this conversation. So just know that I'm, I'm saying it for them. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. That means That means a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. Anything else you'd like to wrap up with? Any message you'd like to share to guys you know, who are starting out on either side of the coin, losing weight, building muscle, or even to the brothers in the group, I'd love to end with a final capstone from you. Well, I think I would say for guys that are, you know, that are just starting out, find an activity or something that you enjoy, right? That's certainly been my thing, right? Traditional strength training, I enjoy, and you've set it out so that not only can I enjoy it, but it's so easy to stick to that it's just literally a part of my life, my everyday life. A lot of the guys in the group, they like mountain biking or that. So that should become a staple of the journey, right? Because if you do something that you like, that you look forward to, that's an easy way to stick to it, right? So that would be a big one that I would say. The other thing is engage in the Facebook group. It really makes a difference. I mean, even if you don't engage too much, view it, like check out what the guys are talking about. You know, even if you just kind of lurk in the shadows and are too shy to say something, there's 
there's lots of helpful information and there's lots of helpful people that'll give you the shirt off their back to give you a hand, you know, to help you out. So that is key, you know, and it's something that I wasn't expecting at all when I first started this and it's had a profound effect on my life. So Chris, thank you, bro. I mean that from all of us and God bless you and Steph, your family, many years of great health and strength. And when you hit that 275 to 300 pound deadlift in a couple of years, I want you back on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This has been absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to get this out. Thanks for being here with us, Chris. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fit Father Project podcast. If you love what you heard, please rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps spread this show to more men who need this valuable info. To watch full video episodes of this podcast and other motivational videos to inspire your training and more, visit our Fit Father Project YouTube channel. It's free and everything's made for busy guys over 40 like you. Visit youtube.com forward slash fitfatherproject to get access to our entire video library. And finally, if you or someone in your life is interested in becoming a fit father or needs help losing weight, building muscle, and living healthier after age 40, then visit fitfatherproject.com where you can see our proven programs, supplement line for guys 40 plus, and free meal plan and workouts to get you started. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll see you in the next episode.